You're listening to the Awesome Podcast Network. This is 80s Revisited. I'm your producer, Jesse Sedgley. And now your hosts, Daniel Sanangelo and Trey Harris. Welcome back to another great blast to the past with 80s Revisited. I'm one of your hosts, Trey Harris. I'm the other, Daniel Sanangelo. And with us, as always, is our producer, Jesse Sedgling. Yes, I am. And we are back with our final Halloween feature here on the... Dun, 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 dun. We're recording this uh, on the 29th. We normally would record tomorrow night, but I will be unavailable as I will go see Halloween, the original on the big screen. I had to Ooh. shift our date, and luckily... My compatriots were okay with that. So, And then, of course, actual Halloween this year is on a Wednesday, so trick-or-treat plans going on there. But we're here, so you'll be hearing this around Halloween a little bit closer than we're actually recording it. But for me, honestly, guys, the Halloween season's already over. We had our group Halloween party this weekend, and it was Epic. a hell of a time. Epic. So, but we're not here to talk about that. <laughs> we're talking about... We're not here to talk about that because... Shh. <laughs> okay. We're talking about our fifth movie for this Halloween coverage, which is John Carpenter's The Thing. And John Carpenter has a special place in both me and Daniel's hearts, <laughs> but opposite ends of the heart. <laughs> yeah, Mine's definitely. in the love it section, and his is in the meh. As we all know, Daniel doesn't particularly abide by Big Trouble in Little China. He That kind of... <laughs> That kind of uh-uh, <laughs> that kind of killed his opinion of John Carpenter, but hopefully over the course of this podcast we'll turn that around. So from our from twenty three episodes, don't shake your head. He's shaking his head. He, you have not seen Starman no. yet. You haven't seen Assault on Precinct Thirteen. You haven't seen The Fog. No. You've seen The Thing though. So let's talk about that. All right. uh, let's do it. Twenty three episodes ago was when we did your first John Carpenter movie, and now we're doing the second. So let's see if we can maybe just shift it a little bit more. On the tomato meter, back to a little bit to the right, basically. Yeah. <laughs> not not trying to bury the needle yet. We'll get there later. But uh, the thing released June twenty fifth, nineteen eighty two, which was the same day as one of my favorite movies of all time, the sci fi classic Blade Runner, which was actually number one for that weekend. Uh, beat the thing. It made six point one million. The thing made had an opening of only three point one. Uh, one thing that kind of hurt. Uh, both Blade Runner and The Thing's box office gross was that a uh, week and a half earlier, on June 11th, E.T. came out. And that was the biggest movie of all time at that point. At that point yeah. uh, so pretty much anything that came out in close proximity basically you know, didn't make what it probably could have made had it released at a different point because everybody was all, all pumped to see friendly, happy aliens, not ones that take over humanity and can kill the entire world. Hmm. So that did kind of hurt... Uh, the box office gross, but much like Blade Runner, The Thing, and Big Trouble in Little China, uh, The Thing rose to popularity as a cult status film on uh, VHS and eventually DVD and Blu-ray. The budget was estimated at $15 million, like I said, a 3.1 opening, which put it number two for the weekend. The domestic gross was only 13.7. Uh, the worldwide gross was 19.6, so it did make its money back, but just by the skin of its teeth, mm-hmm. or whatever appendage is it using for feeding at the time. 
as I mentioned, directed by the great, to my opinion, John Carpenter, who also directed Halloween, They Live, Vampires, The Fog, Starman, Escape from New York, Big Trouble in Little China. Daniel's just glaring at me every time I say <laughs> Big Trouble in Little China. <laughs> Written by Bill Lancaster, who the only other thing he really did, other than The Thing, was The Bad News Bears. I never Not watched it. work. I never liked it. I know they remade it not too long ago with Billy Bob, I think. Yeah, yeah, I didn't watch that. But movie. I was never a fan of that. I used to come on USA. When I was a kid, I came on USA all the time. Oh, my like, dad, during the like, day. Hmm. Never. I mean, if I watch it now, I'd probably enjoy it, I That's guess. one of those. Uh, I'm not a baseball person. The only baseball yeah. movie I like is Angels in the Outfield. It's one of those Christmas DVD gifts yeah, that I got yeah. from my dad. Because like, he, he used to like the original Bad News Bear. <laughs> and it was uh, originally based on a story by John W. Campbell called Who Goes There? And this is the thing is actually a remake of the Howard Hawks film, uh... I don't, don't actually don't know the year that was released. It was black and white. Uh, much like we talked about uh, last week with The Fly, how drastically different of a remake The Fly was as opposed to the original, the same stands true for The Thing. The original one was basically just a dude in a rubber suit with rubber hands and, you know, bare minimum prosthetics coming in and doing stuff, and as opposed to this special effects-laden masterpiece of gore, mm. so to speak, uh, with, you know, dogs ripping open and a flower petal of tongues coming out of it and et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and starring, oh, uh, actually, before I forget, uh, John W. Campbell, is, he's actually a very pro- prolific uh, sci-fi writer. Uh, he actually has two sci-fi writing awards named after him. So, what are they called? I'm sure one's called the John W. <laughs> Campbell Jr. Award. I'm not sure what the other one's called. Yeah, I'm kidding. Uh, starring the great, great Kurt Russell as McCready, who also starred in Big Trouble in Little China. Glare from Daniel. Actually, he didn't. I got one in. Uh, also, Escape from New York and uh, Escape from L.A., Death Proof, Tango and Cash, Poseidon, and many other great films. Love Kurt Russell. We've expressed our love for him on the podcast. Even Actually, this is only our second Kurt Russell film. Yeah. The first one was Big Trouble in Little China. Okay, we'll get, I guess we'll be a little, you'll be a little more positive about Kurt Russell now. Maybe. We'll find <laughs> yeah. out in a second. No, we'll I, I like Kurt Russell. Like, he was the best part of Big Trouble in yeah. Little China. Well, he, he increased this, your score of it by like a mm-hmm. point. So, hey, on the but, Daniel but scale. Now that you're mentioning all these... I haven't really watched him a lot. Really? Yeah. The and I know it's one of kind of a later one for him. The only one I remember watching is Breakdown. Mm-hmm. I didn't watch well, Escape from New York, film. Escape from Escape from L.A. I didn't watch any of that. As we kind of talked about off the podcast and spoiler for down the road, we are going to do like a John Carpenter thing with some of the ones that you haven't seen. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm hoping. Well, Escape from New York's awesome. We're going to do Escape from New York, uh, Starman, and then I don't know what the third one's going to be. Maybe oh oh I'm sorry, they live. Okay. With Rowdy Roddy Piper. And also, Keith David, who's also in The Thing, who was Childs. He's from, uh, also was in Platoon. And he was, most people nowadays, or from our age group, or maybe a little younger than us, would most notably know him from Gargoyles. He was the voice of Goliath. Gargoyles. Mm. That's my Keith David. That's where people would know from. <laughs> hmm. I think. I, that was a popular show when I was young. I don't know. I know. I've never watched it. Uh, well, didn't he do some uh, Halo? He did. Work. He, he yeah. was uh, one of the voices. Uh, he, that's where he is now. Sergeant mainly. Johnson, right? He, I think he was. I'm yeah. not sure, but most notably, as far as video games go, he's the voice of uh, Anderson in the Mass Effect trilogy. No, so, I don't really uh, watched the, uh, but, uh, played that game. That's yeah. of the characters that he's done voice work for aside in the video game world. That's probably the most notable because of the it's a main character, pretty much. I know he's had that little he had that little part in Armageddon. Yeah. Yeah. Very little part. Yeah. <laughs> and the great Wilford Brimley with Blair. Uh, also, he was in Sit. Cocoon and The Firm. And also, the great, great diabetes commercials. Diabetes. If you've got diabetes, diabetes, think again. 
And then TK Carter was Nas. And the only other thing I I didn't realize he was in this till I watched Keith Davidson Cloud Atlas. Oh, he is. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah, sweet. I'm gonna go see mm-hmm. that Thursday actually. Uh, and TK Carter. The only other thing I remember him from was he was in Good Morning Miss Bliss. Yep, that's how I remember him from. Too. He was in an episode of Family Matters. But oh, really? oh, well, yeah, he was a fairy. Yeah. He was a fairy godfather. <laughs> He's really, he has an extensive career, but it's all like one episode of this, one episode yeah. of this, one episode of that. And then Richard Masseur was Clark, uh, most notably from It, My Girl, and the Steven Seagal thriller, Shoot to Kill. So that does it for the who, what, when, where. Daniel, we know, we said it before, your track record with John Carpenter, it's not so good so far. And this, you saw it uh, actually a week or two ago when we did The Fly, you watched it pretty close to that, so yeah. it was your first time seeing it, correct? Yeah. All right, Daniel. What did you think of John Carpenter's The Thing? Uh, oh, wait. Do you want to know what I think you think of it first? Yeah. Uh, I think you liked it, but not as much as The Shining or The Fly. I didn't like it. I didn't dislike it. Like I, It was pretty much average for me. Mm-hmm. Like, like uh, After I watched it, I was like, eh, okay. Kind of one of those things. The special effects were good. It probably would have grossed me out a lot more um, if I hadn't watched The Fly right before mm-hmm. it because there were some... Some interesting things on there, especially yeah. with the what's that dude? Uh, they were going to check its stomach. Oh yeah, and like, do the... <laughs> you talked about uh, the parts that scared you, and it was when they were checking the blood yeah. to see if it was tainted. That was mine. I was like, Damn. oh, when the chest opened, yeah. opened up. Yeah, yeah. That was my like, oh shit. That was my only one of those. But um, I thought the acting was pretty good. I didn't, I didn't like a lot of the characters. Like I didn't mm-hmm. like feel anything towards them. Uh, Wilford Brimley was cool, and it's kind of like <laughs> weird to see him without a stash. Yeah, because you're used to that. It's <laughs> um, become his signature. I always had the first thing of the movie. First thing is that's a badass looking dog. I want, <laughs> I want a dog like that. I believe it's a Siberian Husky. Yeah, it, I think it was a mix. Uh, yeah, Husky did, and, and a, some, yeah, yeah, something a Shepherd, I think maybe German Shepherd. But it's one of those. I mean, and you don't have to be a rocket scientist. Is it? Okay, that's the bad. That something's going to happen with that dog. Yeah. I mean, immediately, well, why the hell were they shooting at it? <laughs> well, interestingly enough, mm-hmm. one of the uh, trivia things is, let me see if I can find it on my sheet. I think it's near the bottom. But uh, if you happen to speak Finnish in the... He says... He says, mm-hmm. get away from that dog. It's not re- It's not a dog. It's a thing. <laughs> so, so, oh, wait, let me you see. You got that spoiled for you if you happen to do yeah. that right at the beginning. If you, if you were bilingual and you could speak Finnish... Uh, the whole plot was laid out for you right there in the beginning. Oh, here, actually, here it is. At the beginning of the movie, when the Norwegians land at the American base, the one with the gun says, I'm not going to speak the actual translation. I'm going to speak the uh, the translation. I'm sorry. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Which translates to, get the hell out of there. That It's not a dog. It's some kind of thing. Giving Norwegian viewers an early spoiler. That's just awesome to me. That's like, you know, the rarity of the people who sound like the one... Swedish dude, like, or uh, Norwegian, ah, oh, whatever the Swedish, uh, Nor- I keep saying Swedish for some reason. <laughs> Norwegian word is for fuck, like, the one dude in the arts, like, schnellt, whatever it is. That's a total guess. I was just trying like to say something. Schnellt. Schnellt. Why not do a Willow impression? <laughs> not so good at Jeff Goldblum or Schmelt. Christopher Walken, but. Shishmelt. I'm going to keep look up the that Norwegian one. word for fuck me, next time. Let me write that one down. Shishmelt. <laughs> I'm going to name like a character on a video game that. Shishmelt. <laughs> when you create a Skyrim character. That'll be my Halo character. Shishmelt. Shishmelt. Tray, it means fuck in Norwegian. <laughs> or Swedish, depending on when you're Yeah, it depends which way the wind blows. <laughs> but he, here's the thing that sets it apart from Big Trouble in Little China. Okay. I didn't want to finish that movie, Big Trouble in Little China. Mm-hmm. 
I was I was looking at the time. I was like, please, let's just let it in. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, it was that bad to me. It was the first on your journey too. Yeah. That's just sad. Hey, it's like that's a bad. Me. This might not be a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. It's so funny. I was listening to a, a uh, podcast today, and they were just talking about uh, some of John Carpenter's films coincidentally, and they were like, uh, "Oh yeah, I just watched Big Trouble in China. It's like the best movie ever." I'm like, "Fucking a." Sorry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's it's not for everybody, but, it, but it's a good thing to, that I didn't like it. Yeah, we shouldn't to be our. We first shouldn't like one every movie. Yeah. It makes it if we disagree on every movie and just be like, Daniel, why do you want? You know, why don't you just go do this podcast? I'll come. I'll do the next one. We're here <laughs> together, so the various various opinions. It was totally average to me. Like the I, thing, yeah. See, like I, I didn't. Was it worth but, your time? Yeah, I, See, I'm okay. glad I watched it. And mm. honestly, go go from the now initially, I would have like. Before you watch any of them, I would have assumed you would like the thing the most. And the only reason I would say that because it's similar to Shaolin and Ding Dong's early stuff. Because the ending, so there, you don't know it's a mystery. Yeah. You're, you you want to you trying to figure out okay wait how did that happen if he's not a thing who's who do you trust? I guess I just didn't fall in love with the characters enough. Mm-hmm. Now I, I mean granted this is there's a pretty big cast for this, yeah. but you know, and they don't really develop more than maybe four of the characters, and then because everybody else is just getting off yeah. left and right once the thing hits the fans. So but I understand they need that. Yeah. They need that to happen. They need that body count to be up there. I mean, yeah. I, which, I get it. I don't it, know if you saw my sheet already. Would you like a, since you mentioned the word body count. Uh, I've already seen it. So get Jesse <laughs> to guess. Have you ever watched uh, the thing? It's been thing? a long time. Any guess? So I can't. I, it'd be throwing out a number. Dude, what, you, you've been what, pretty close every time you've done what, it. So. Four. What's, oh, you're way off. Oh, okay. Four people down in the first five seconds. Okay. 28. 28. That includes the bodies that they come across at the Norwegian site, which is why it's so yeah. high. Uh, but it's no Clendathu. <laughs> or Alderaan. <laughs> billion. Four billion. Star Wars, the bloodiest movie ever made. Well, not bloodiest, I guess that's unfair. Violent or highest body count, I guess. Deadliest. Yeah. De- yeah. <laughs> Who is deadliest? Star Wars wins. That, that, uh, the uh, blood scene was pretty cool, too. Yeah. yeah. I mean... Hmm. I love this movie for a lot of reasons. Uh, of course, first and foremost, John Carpenter and Kurt Russell. And actually, and, and it, the flamethrowers was pretty tight. <laughs> I mean, again, and again, mm-hmm. the effects too were just, and it's it's really, I've never watched this in such close proximity to The Fly. So uh, that was awesome when you mentioned that last week, and just when we kind of brought it up about comparing the two even. Uh, it's really interesting watching them back to back. You know, this was 84, uh, 82. 82. Six years later, The Fly comes out. No, no, no. F- oh, four years later. Four years. Oh, what did I say? was 86. Oh, yeah, that's what, I'm mm-hmm. sorry. You got the six because yeah, of the 86. 86, yeah. We all know I'm not good at math on the podcast. But, uh, <laughs> you know, just four years later, how really further and advanced it went. Uh, since the last podcast, on the Fly DVD, I watched, it's a two and a half hour documentary on the entire making of the mo- of the Fly. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's called Fear of the Fletch. It was really cool. And uh, they interview everybody pretty much except Cronenberg. But it goes from them wanting to remake it, do something totally different, and the whole chronology of it. And it's really interesting because a lot of the effects, when they're showing how they're doing them, it's so silly. It's like Sesame mm-hmm. Street. But then you see the movie, and it's, it's just, just like... It's just gross. Yeah. You know, and the one thing I appreciate about like this movie and uh, The Thing and The Fly is that the effects are, are so great that it aids in that suspension of disbelief that you should have when you go watch a movie like this. Because there's people out there that go watch a movie and like, that's going to never happen. Oh, that's stupid. That looks so fake. And mm-hmm. they just... people. So, some people just get taken out of a movie instantly. I mean, I'm just saying, if some, you know, if you see a micro, a boom mic come in or a wire showing, you get taken out. But to me, these are, you know, even if, you know, 
there's things here you don't even notice because it's you're so in like holy shit you know his chest opened up oh the blood came alive mm-hmm. perfect example is the blood scene and in my opinion also it, it's a testament to John Carpenter's genius of selling a, a jump because uh, we talked about this on the way uh, home last week or week before last whenever it was uh, the blood scene if you watch that scene it's his real hand holding it it cuts to him holding it he's talking about the poke it it cuts it cuts back we'll see, and he says uh, you know we'll save you for last but if you look closely it's a fake hand on that scene because it's rigged with the yeah. thing to shoot up and that's when he touches it so it's just they sell they because the effects are practical they can't cheat so to speak with CG to come back in later and just fix something so they had to get it right on set they had and, to do it live yeah pretty much do it live. so they had to and then you know editing and directing and everything had to come together to make it happen hmm. and in the, I think these two movies are just so great at, and along with the, you know, the Star Wars trilogy with the the people in, you know, it's people in rubber suits but you're watching you don't care yeah you know, I don't. I don't stare at Java and think, oh, well, there's a midget in the tail. There's two dudes operating yeah. the face, and there's some dude, you know, in the body. <laughs> I think that's Java the fucking hut. Yeah. He's real. Uh, when I was watching Star Wars, the whole thing, I never felt once like, yeah, guys, look at this. I mean, but uh, I love. I think I think we talked about touched on this briefly last week when we mentioned like the endings of Halloween and some other movies. One reason I love this movie is that it, I love movies with ambiguous endings. The and wrestler. Not, yeah. Not for the sake of, ooh, it's trendy to do, like, uh, some sort of weird mind fuck at the end. No, this, like, an, when an ambiguous ending fits the movie, it's awesome. Yeah. Perfect case in this. Because, now we'll get into that one, get to the trivia, too. Like, there is a canonical ending as to what happened, because there was a video game that came out uh, on PS2 after the movie came out, uh, many years after the movie came out, that uh, is considered, like, what exactly happened after the end. Uh but you know when they're sitting there in the end, you don't know. Is is Child's a thing? Is McCready the thing? You don't know because you can't know. Mm. And I think we kind of touched on this a little bit last week too. When how the effects, I thought the thing was uh, grosser than the fly. But you made some good points and made me think about it too. Is that uh, the thing is something taking over and you don't know about it. So like in a sense, you die. But then you know it's. It, I guess it would be quick and painless. I mean, mm. maybe not painless, but I mean it's like you don't know. It's just like. You're infected and it's taking you over and you're just like... You're not suffering that long. Yeah, you know. I mean, they don't go kind of go into it in detail as to like when it's actually taking you over. It's just like... Almost like you're drunk and you wake up or something. I don't know. Uh, but in, in The Fly, it's watching a... You know, you're on his discovery as he's breaking mm-hmm. down. And I think that is... Mu- that Upon uh, thinking about that conversation last week is that that's way more visceral. Yeah. So it is grosser than the thing. It is... It's kind of like me and you talked about with scary movies where... You're, you're you're scared more sometimes it it scares you more when something could possibly happen for real yeah when you were talking about like me and Andrew when we watched the strangers yeah they that could happen yeah. like easily uh and there's no motive he just they just done it like that's, like that's what's scarier yeah. you know it's scarier when you don't need to explain oh he escaped from the mental I know I'm not digging at Halloween here yeah but you know he escaped from the mental institution you know and that's all that in, in well See, that's a double-edged sword in Halloween because they have that aspect, oh, he's an escaped mental patient, but they don't say why he's hunting Laurie Strode until the second one and then the other crappy ones that came after that. Uh, you know, but now it's like uh, like in the Halloween remake and the Friday the 13th remake, they go out of the way to explain that, oh, they're really crazy. They, Michael Myers was picked on as a kid. You know, that's why he did. Oh, what the fuck ever, Rob Zombie. You know, you don't need that. It, the original worked fine. Mm. The first Friday the 13th that we watched, you know, they didn't have to explain. Like they, they wrapped it up really quickly, just explain her motive. But the whole time, you don't know that. 
you just know people get fucking killed at this camp. Yeah. It's scarier. Like, okay. It yeah. leads to, a, I think, a sense of distrust whenever somebody comes on screen because you don't know what their motives are. And the thing's a perfect example. You, know, you don't know how long some they're going to last. Some yeah. dude's off frame for five seconds, comes back, where were you? Yeah. The sense of paranoia in this movie is what I love about it. Because when Childs was gone and when McCready yeah, well, goes. Yeah, where were you, Childs, yeah. when you did this? Yeah, well, why is McCready's underwear ripped up in the furnace? You know, I mean, did, the, did Wilford Brimley put it there? <laughs> you know, who did what? There's so many things that you can, you know, watching this, trying to, even I've seen it a hundred times and trying to like, okay, if so-and-so was the thing here, what ha- you know, how did this work out this way? So that's why I just love this movie because every time I watch it, it gets me thinking. Yeah. And again, I think it's wonderfully directed. The music I love, the, just that. Again. Maybe I mean, you need to watch it more. Maybe. <laughs> well, I mean, well, real quick, I mean, would you watch this again? You know, like, yeah, uh, I, w- I would watch it again. I wouldn't watch his other one. Yeah, his other <laughs> one because it's the only one you've seen. I watched Halloween. What do you think? Well, I mean, yeah, it, it is. It, I like Halloween. You know, people will be listening to this on Halloween, so yeah, I liked Halloween. Halloween, like I mean, mm-hmm. we talked about before. That's one of my favorite movies in my top ten movies of all time. Halloween's up there. That was that. That was a good night. I enjoyed that. Uh, kind of sat back and watched some. Uh, played Halo. You remember that night? Yeah. That was, yeah, that oh, was yeah. Halloween, right? Yeah. yeah. It might have been. It might have been a Halloween. We ha- we watched Halloween, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I don't know what day it was. Because it was me, you, Dobson, and my brother. Yeah. We played was... Halo because he, he hacked his he Xbox. Mod, yeah, he modded Halo. And, and Halo 1, right. so that dates it. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, we watched Halloween that night. I remember that now. Yeah. yeah. And I baked cookies. <laughs> yeah. <and> your <laughs> cookies, I'm a gracious host. Your cookies yeah. are the shit. <laughs> when I'm not drunk. <laughs> he, he, he does the chewy kind of cookies where like you bite into it and... You can't hear anything, and that's the best. And the morning after, they're still chewing. That, that's, that's what I like cookie. about them. No, when you bite into a cookie, you can't hear anything. That's a good cookie. Agree. <laughs> I'm more of a crispy cookie guy. Yeah, my well, wife you can get the too. fuck out. <laughs> well, but wife, not the point to where it dries up. Yeah, yeah. my wife can make some badass cookies, but I like to heat them up, make mm-hmm. them a little soft. Yeah, scooch. That's why I like Chewy <laughs> Chips Ahoy over regular Chips Ahoy. Unless chewy you, Chips unless Ahoy you get are the, awesome. Unless you get the chunky with white. Fudge and chocolate chips, cool. Like the regular, regular chips hoy. Yeah, no, or they're chew- the chunky chips hoy. They're thicker, but they have the white chocolate. Are they chip. chewy or crunchy? They're crunchy, but they're oh. good. I haven't. I have to get some of those. I have never. I love white fudge. A oh, white with, fudge. It comes with white fudge chips and chocolate chips. It's pretty badass. I will be picking some of those up shortly. And yeah, the chewy chips hoys are good. You put them in a plate, microwave. Them. Yeah, they taste. You know, not as good as my cookies. So, no, good. this has been cookie talk. <laughs> Thanks for what? Thanks for listening, everyone. Come back for more cookie talk. <laughs> next next week we'll give some good pumpkin recipes for uh for Thanksgiving. Who are you know. doing? I'm just trying to imitate somebody other than myself. <laughs> I don't know how to talk like you. Somebody who would do the cookie talk. <laughs> or you cookie can do the, Actually, the butter lady. What's her name? Paula Dean. Oh, uh. I've only I don't think I've ever heard that bitch talk. I've heard I've, I know who she is. She's but... just real country. Actually, I think I was channel, trying to channel a little church lady when I was... I mean, uh, uh, not uh, Linda Richmond. <laughs> oh, I thought you... I'm overclimped. Hold on. It's I'm cool overclimped. Talk amongst yourselves. Church lady. <laughs> Isn't that special? Well, I was thinking Wayne's World, and <laughs> instead of thinking of Mike Myers, I thought of Dana Carvey. <laughs> hmm. Who, Weird uh, tangents. Quick maybe. Halloween reference to Dana Carvey. His very first acting role ever was a uh, extra in Halloween 2. Hmm. Didn't know that. Anyway, back to the thing. <laughs> This is the most educational episode we've done <laughs> so far. Yeah. <laughs> so many different topics. They came here wanting to hear about the thing, and they learned about a whole bunch of other stuff. How to make 
bomb-ass cookies. <laughs> but uh, when the thing was originally released, it was actually banned in Finland because of the gore and everything, mm. which is interesting. Uh, in uh, the original uh, movie, The Thing from Another World, took place at the North Pole. This version was the South Pole. Oh, that's good. Which Santa is scarier because, you know, you're at the South Pole, there's nothing there. At the North Pole, Santa might come and, That's what I said. You know, Santa, Santa ain't want to be fucking with that shit. Yeah. <laughs> they, you know, the th- Santa took care of the thing already. That would be a badass movie. <laughs> you know, like some... What? Like, <laughs> just start off like the thing and the dog's running and it runs past some candy canes. <laughs> runs past the island of misfit toys. The elves get infected and Santa's like, shit, not again. Takes out the thing. But Straight then, to video. The, the twist at the end is that he's delivering his presents, and one of the presents, like you see, like a little piece uh, of the thing yeah. on it, mm-hmm. starts again. Oh, uh-huh, that's good. We could call it Santa's sleigh, but they already took that one. They did. Damn it. Wasn't that Goldberg? Yeah. <laughs> the movie's awesome. Santa's sleigh. <laughs> it's a. It's a. There's like some. There's very few movies that you can watch between Halloween and Christmas, but like I tell all of them, like I don't let her watch Nightmare Before Christmas till after Halloween. That's that's a bridging movie, right? Right. We talked about you know Halloween's my Christmas. Last Saturday was my Christmas night. It was the best night of my life for most of it. Most of it. <laughs> but uh, and then but also Santa Slay's a great transitional because you got the horror, stupid gore aspect, and then it goes straight into Christmas stuff. So. Shh. Shh, that's my line. Nobody <laughs> can ever do that with. That's that's my line. But uh, you had to have been there, people. Sorry, uh, Donald Pleasance from. John Carpenter's Halloween, of course, was the original choice for the character of Blair, but he was unable to perform due, the role to do, due to scheduling conflicts. Thus, we had Wilford Brimley, excuse me, Mr. Diabetes himself, instead of Donald Diabetes. Pleasance. The late Donald da, Pleasance. Da, 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 diabetes, Diabetes. Uh, I like Donald Pleasance. He's a great actor. He's also, he's sort of like Kurt Russell. He's sort of a uh, John Carpenter alum. He was in Halloween, Halloween 2, which John Carpenter worked on, but he didn't direct, and then also uh, Prince of Darkness. Uh, so, he's... Much like, uh, like I said, Kurt Russell, they kind of work together. Uh, the opening title is the exact, they did the same, where it kind of bleeds through and makes the title the thing. It's the exact same, they redid it, but it's the same method they used for the original uh, Howard Hawks film. To do that, they have an animation cell with the thing written on it, and it was placed behind a fish tank filled with smoke that was covered with a plastic garbage bag. Then they light the garbage bag so it burns the garbage bag up, thus revealing the title through the smoke with the light coming from the other side so it has that you know that light th- beam through smoke look to it as it's doing it so a relatively cheap interesting. but cool looking effects if you ever watch it again like because hmm. and you once you know what that's what it is you can kind of see that it's like you know it is kind of like burning up and you got the smoke looks like the smoke's coming through it so it's really cool uh the flesh flower that attacks childs is actually uh really detailed i kind of spoiled a little bit because i knew what it was but its petals are 12 dog tongues complete with rows of canine teeth uh, it's we talked about how Slimer was called Onion Head, I believe, on set of Ghostbusters. The Cabbage Dog was uh, called uh, whoops, I, I spoiled it. The, the <laughs> Dog Flower was called the Pissed Off Cabbage. That was its name on set. <laughs> Sorry, the uh, the female voice on McCready's computer, which is the only hint of any kind of femininity in this movie, because there's no female actors in it, uh, was what performed. if the dog was female? Well, I'm sure there are probably some female dogs, some bitches. <laughs> So there were some bitches, but there were no biological human females, with the exception of this voice, uh, which was the, actually the wife of director John Carpenter, Adrienne Barbeau, who played in such classics as Wes Craven's Swamp Thing and John Carpenter's The Fog, and other things, but that's what I know her from. Uh, Is The Fog kind of like The Mist? Totally different. Okay. okay. One's a ghost story, the other's an interdimensional portal 
Okay. If hmm. you haven't seen them, you have to guess which one's which. I've seen The Mist. Yeah. I know. Oh, okay. I like The Mist. I thought it was... I, was, I, I like The it. ending was... I, I liked what it was. Like, the reveal at the, the end, that, that's the, what it was. The only really thing I really had a dislike for was some of the acting. The only thing I didn't... The only thing acting wise I didn't like was that religious bitch that went off the can, the crazy one. Gene Harden? Or yeah. Whatever, whatever yeah. her name is, yeah. I thought a couple of... Uh, Thomas Jane's emotional moment. Oh, I don't like. Little, I'm not a Thomas Jane fan. I thought, except in Deep Blue Sea, because he's so over the top. But yeah. <laughs> some of his emotional moments are a little off. But I mean, I mean, that dude's acting in Hollywood. I'm sitting here. Yeah. Right now. So <laughs> I, mean, I should rephrase that. I, I do like Thomas Jane, but I don't think he's a good actor. Oh, same here. You know, yeah. so I got because he's funny and Dreamcatcher. But I, I like the mist. And his, actually, his best role is his three second cameo in Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Well, like, have you seen it, Justin Scott Pilgrim? Mm-hmm. He's one of the cops that busts the, the vegan dude for right, eating the right. soy milk, or I thought it was soy, or he drank the dairy product, yeah. or whatever. <laughs> he was one of those dudes. Uh, but yeah, uh, and this is pretty interesting, which actually, this must be an old fact, because like I said, the video game came out and actually says what happened. But at one point, John Carpenter and Kurt Russell both admit that after all these years, previously to the game being released, they did not know who was replaced by the creature, when or where, through the story. Hmm. So, and I think that plays like that, so I guess there's really no, I'm sure we can find a fact on Google or wherever, or somebody's like, I've seen this film 467 times, and this is my incredible detailed timeline, it's who was where, who was when, and who was affected, blah, blah, blah. You could still be wrong. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. John Carpenter, nah, nah. So, yep. uh, this is pretty funny. The sound effect for the Antarctic wind blowing was actually recorded in the desert outside of Palm Springs. <laughs> so, whenever you hear, you hear wind blowing, it's desert. It's not Man. Antarctic. Uh, as I said, there were no female characters in the film. And this was interesting, too, because John Carpenter's notorious for doing the soundtrack on all of his movies. Uh, this was the first one that he actually didn't. Uh, the film's original choice of composer was Jerry Goldsmith, but he passed. And uh, Ennio Morricone, or Morricone, however you want to pronounce it, uh, did the score, which is just a boom, boom. But uh, I like Ennio Morricone pretty much because uh, he did a score for a film called The Mission with uh, shit, uh, De Niro and Jeremy Irons, which is a really, really awesome movie. I, don't, I can't remember if it's in the 80s or not. Oh, he also did The Untouchables and... Wait, he... No. Oh, he did doing Good, Bad, and the Ugly? Yeah. So that's I should have known Good, that. Good, Bad, and the Ugly and, and Glorious Bastards. He's in the soundtrack. There it is. Boom, boom. Very... See, and it's surprising that John Carpenter didn't do it because he's notorious for a simple... The Halloween theme. Escape from L.A. Uh, excuse me, New York, because that's the much better one. <laughs> uh, theme. So, I mean, this is this very John Carpenter-esque, but it's not... I mean, and that's just the, pretty much the whole thing. Just that menacing... It's kind of paranoid just... He's composed a lot of shit. Want to say a couple? <laughs> no, no, there's like, like foreign and stuff. Like, Oh. Well, I think he's Italian. So... Um, I'm trying to get to something that... that Keep us in four. Recognize. Yeah. Mission to Mars? Wait, with the Gary Sinise one? I think yeah. so. That was an okay movie. Phantom of the Opera? Which one? Does it Robert Unglund's face? Yeah, I think that's that one. 1980-something? That one. Oh, that, oh that's uh, a four one. I don't know what the... 1998. Anyway, it's NC-17. No. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh a porno phantom. phantom. Yeah. I could go on a tangent on some of the songs. are probably yeah. be in there, but I won't. He's, uh, done, he's done a lot. He, this is pretty funny, too. There's a character named Mac, and there's also a character named Windows. Before either existed... That's, wow. That's how they got to me. Interesting. So, uh, this is... this, And thank God for this. The first one, at least. Nick Nolte turned down the role of McCready. Mm-hmm. Thank God. But this is... 
it's not sad, but because Kurt Russell was awesome in this movie. But uh, Jeff Bridges and Clint Eastwood, uh, excuse me, Jeff Bridges turned it down. Clint Eastwood was considered, but never approached. Imagine but, Clint Eastwood like, going he would have burned them fuckers <laughs> like, yeah, you burn. That would have been interesting. Uh, and the, the, I like this too, uh, jo- which is to me a little bit surprising because like Halloween better. But uh, John Carpenter has stated that of all of his films, this is his personal favorite. Oh, so that's in. I like. I'd like to know that from like several directors. Like I like to know what Spielberg's favorite. Uh, you know, some of the more prolific directors. I, I would have liked to know what Kubrick's favorite, which one he did was his favorite. Yeah. Oh, speaking of that, I went back and watched that thing we were watching uh, that you had playing during the podcast. So that, the Shining. Like, and uh, you know what that whole thing was? That was some dude saying that uh, Kubrick made The Shining to expose the fact that the moon landing was a hoax. Oh yeah, that's true. That's what it. I read that, but it had clips in it, so <laughs> I just left it, it playing. The, <laughs> okay, half the stuff he's saying was complete <laughs> bonkers because we know we went to the moon. It's a fact. Like it's, they've proved, they've shown pictures of the shit still there in footprints. So I mean, how do they fake that? Uh, but <laughs> there's a couple of points he makes that's actually pretty like. I was like, wow, that's an interesting theory, but it doesn't, it doesn't play out. Right, right, right. You know, so it's like that loose change thing. Yeah, and... whatever. I mean, there's I saw many, the very many yeah, but now they're like on loose change version like eight or something because they keep getting disproven. <laughs> I remember the first one. The first loose change was like Flight 93 didn't crash. It actually landed in, in Pennsylvania yeah. and let some people out of the plane and they crashed something. Else. Like what yeah. the fuck? Then oh, did they? Just, I guess they killed those people too. Then instead of just crashing that plane, whatever. Whole another tangent. I do not believe loose change one bit. Uh, blah 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 blah. Oh, I already said the Norwegian spoiler. Uh, this is actually John Carpenter actually has a trilogy that he that he has made, and he, it's considered by him and uh, people who like his movies, such as me, but not Daniel, to be his Apocalypse trilogy. Uh, the other two films in this are Prince of Darkness, which had Donald Pleasance in it, and uh, one of the dudes from Simon and Simon, and then also uh, In the Mouth of Madness with Sam Neill, which came out I think in the 90s uh, after Jurassic Park. So I remember seeing the preview for it, like, oh, that's the dude from Jurassic Park. So those two and the thing comprise comprise the uh, John Carpenter's Apocalypse trilogy, which maybe next Halloween we might get the Prince of Darkness. Uh, we'll see. And interestingly, interestingly enough, too, this was John Carpenter's first major studio backed film. Until this one, he did it was all pretty much indie. Halloween mm-hmm. was indie. Uh, this was his first major movie. Uh, I think he did a bang up job with it. And uh, as I mentioned too, uh, it opened the same day as Blade Runner. Uh, and also, both movies met with unfavorable reaction at the premiere, became widely loved sci-fi classics in the years to come. See, maybe if I watch it more, I like it more. I mean, the first time I like I watched this movie, I liked it because of the ending. But then watching it again and again, it grew on me more. I mean, I liked it immediately when I saw it, but the repeated viewings is what made me love it. Go, you know, from oh, that's a great movie to like it. I guess some fantasy stuff happened because Jesse, we got the. Uh, Cardinals and 49ers game on. Real quick for any sports nuts out there, uh, Jesse has Larry Fitzgerald. He's down only two, basically two and a half points. So really, <laughs> it's a PPR league, so Fitzgerald would need to catch like a pass for 17 yards, and he wins, and it looks like he just got injured. <laughs> and it fucking figures. Because I pulled him out. I put him in, took out Lance Moore. Who would have won me the game? But I thought Larry could pull it out. And no, that's apparently that's football. not going to happen. Yeah. Nerd. What the fuck? All right. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, and Keith David, if, uh, of course, they're in the Antarctic anyway, but he wears gloves throughout most of the film, but it's also because he had broken one of his hands in a car accident and he needed to cover up his cast. Kind of so, like the whole Mark Hamill car wreck. Yeah. Thing. A little bit. And the scene where uh, 
Copper's arms are severed when it, you know, it opens up and it bites off his arms and it shows him that scene where it's kind of like rising up and the shit's coming out of the chest and he's like screaming. That's actually not the same actor. That's actually an amputee wearing a rubber mask for that one scene where he's screaming. Because... Yeah. How, do, how do you approach somebody? <laughs> well, I mean, dude, if you're an amputee in Hollywood, you can get work in, walk, in any zombie movie. Uh, mm-hmm. Any movie where they need like an arm ripped off. It's pretty... Usually uh, Starship Troopers, like when the legs are getting... People are getting killed and they're on the ground screaming. That's yeah. all amputees. Yeah. People have made careers out of being a professional mm. limb severed person. What? You know, I mean, you if I lost, paid, you getting paid. You know, if you like lose it. an arm, move to Hollywood and like, hey, look, you know, <laughs> I can double for somebody. And you can rip my arm off. I mean, it's cool. Yeah. So there is a career opportunity for there <laughs> for those people. You know, you lose an arm, you get a career. Thought, might be worth it for some people. Uh, got time for that? And this is really cool. Like uh, this is an in, uh, a cool introspective into the filmmaking process. I think. When they go to the Norwegian camp early in the film, and it's all burned down, and they're looking at everything, that is actually the same set where they go. That's the American set after the fires have died down at the end of the movie. So they shot that after all that. They came back the next day. It was still smoking and filmed all those scenes in the Norwegian camp, which is basically the same camp they were just at the day before after it burned down. (laughs) So budget constraints. Genius. I know all about that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, And as I mentioned, uh, there was a video game released uh, for PlayStation 2. You know, aptly titled The Thing. Uh, mm. I got that. It came out as a great game. It was an awesome game. Uh, but it is, it is revealed at the end of that game, you're actually kind of saved by McCready at the end. Because uh, the plotline of the game, from what I remember, uh, you're just, you're at another research station. You actually hear like a Mayday call from the post. So, like, so somebody during the course of the movie sent out a Mayday. And you go and obviously, uh, I don't think you get infected. You're not infected. But uh, somehow the government gets wind of what's happening because it happened before or something. So they get a sample and then it becomes sort of Resident Evil. You're in the cold, you're in the, a base, and then you can eventually go to a government facility in the Antarctic where they're trying to control it or whatever. And it breaks out, all hell breaks loose. It becomes this huge, giant, like, thing, lambent thing from Gears of War 2 at the end where you're circling it. And uh, you're actually saved by Kurt Russell's character. So nice. he survives. They don't ever say what happens to Childs. So Childs could have been infected. Or taken over by the thing and McCready killed him or who knows what happened. They don't explain it, but he shows up, so McCready definitely lives. There's no, there's now no ambiguity to the ending. At least with him. Yeah. With that part, yeah. Uh, and uh, last year there was a prequel film came out called The Thing. Uh, a lot of people thought it was a remake, which it's not. It's really, it truly is a prequel. They actually went back to this film and studied the layout of everybody who died in the Norwegian camp. And the people that even the flu with following the dog and re and explained why everybody's dead. Like there's that dude in the chair with his wrist slit and his throat slit. That happens in the prequel. Hmm. Uh, I pers- because I love and I I wouldn't have liked the prequel as much probably if I didn't like this movie. But they did a really good job of tying it together. It makes sense. The only problem my only problem with it is it's the same plot. Hmm. You know it takes over. You know it's you know it's it in a sense it is a remake because it's telling the same story. But it fits what happened next, so I give it a pass. All right. But I prefer this me- this method approach to you know tell a you know the original happened. Let's tell what happened, you know after or before. Don't just blatantly remake it. Like I said in this one, it you know because you know my wife was talking, she's like, oh, it is a remake. It's the same shit. I'm like, I know, but it's not a remake. <laughs> it's tying it together. Like, and it's really cool, especially if you like the first one. It's like, oh, that's how that dude died. Oh, that explains that. Uh. The effects in the remake, they did use a lot of CG, unfortunately, but they did have some practical stuff, which it wasn't bad. But, you know, when you're making a sequel to a benchmark in the world of special effects, like you gotta, you have to go all out. Uh, 
but I recommend if you like this one, definitely check out the prequel film. Mm-hmm. Mis- I thought it was really good. Mr. Echo from Lost is in the thing. Oh, the remake? Yeah. I don't watch Lost. It has a dude from Warrior. And yeah. he's in that Egerton. Life of Timur. I don't like that dude. I don't know. <laughs> hey, I don't I mean I don't know the guy. I'm not you know, it's just like he's never been in anything that where I liked his character. Like, you know, like I don't I just sit there like, Oh, it's that dude. Do not like Yeah, the odd life of Timothy Green you were talking about. Yeah. yeah. And then uh I love this chick. I Mary Winstead. Yeah. She's in the remake uh the pre excuse me, the prequel. I love her to death. She was in Scott Pilgrim versus the world, Death Proof. Something else I saw recently. Oh, uh, Abraham Lincoln Vampire Killer. Vampire Hunter. <laughs> she was in that. Uh, I think she's a good actress and she's cute, so that always helps. And then uh that's pretty much it with the trivia on this film. Hmm. Uh, in the real world, again, this released on uh, June 25th, 1982. I was two years old. Daniel, you were not even an egg or a sperm yet. Well, no. You always have the egg. Well, that's true. Or You're egg. right. You're right. You are, you <laughs> like are an egg. Getting to <laughs> There's always got to be some discussion of female biology <laughs> on an episode of this podcast. I was seems. just like in a, in a stock yeah. right now. Yeah. Chilling. Yeah. You were half there. Yeah. <laughs> Halfway there. I was there. I wasn't like brought out yet. But again, this was June twenty fifth, and I usually don't like to go so far away. I like to keep it within like you know three weeks at the most. But uh, on May twenty seventh, Mork and Mindy That's and Bosom Buddies had their final episodes on the same day, <laughs> two years before Daniel was born. Yeah. And of course, Mork and Mindy was Robin Williams, and then Bosom Buddies was Tom Hanks. So they rose to astronomical heights after their shows were canceled. And uh, yeah. I remember watching uh, my parents love bosom buddies uh and actually back then never watched one back then kids you had to if you had a vcr if you were one of the people well off to have one vcr you could actually buy a blank tape and record things on it and uh i think my dad liked the show a lot or something like that or anyway we had a a few episodes recorded not i never got watched it when i was two years old by any stretch of the imagination but uh i did eventually see some episodes because it was on vhs like what the hell is this and put it in like i'm I'm recording over this shit bosom buddies (laughs) That's a and weird course, show to record. Uh, Nick at Night uh, played more, or yeah, Nick at Night played uh, Mork and Mindy. So, I've, and actually, other channels did too. That was in syndication for a long time, I believe. Nanu, Nanu. I never really watched that. Well, I mean, it's pretty mm-hmm. much famous for. I mean, it's basically Robin Williams stand up. Yeah, is what the, the <laughs> show is. And then uh, four days before Prince William was born <laughs> in West London, who went on to marry the lovely, lovely Kate Middleton. Mm mm mm. And then uh, mm-hmm. a week or so after uh, the thing released, Ozzy Osbourne married his manager, Sharon! In Sharon! Hawaii. Sharon! That was his manager? Sharon. I didn't know that. Before they got married. Sharon. One thing led to another, her. and there you go. Yep. Now and now she's, she's more judging. famous than him. Yep. <laughs> and she's talking on the... Oh, that wasn't even a... That wasn't that even wasn't close. That wasn't even close. <laughs> <laughs> now she's Sharon. talking. Now just judging on the view. That's not even. I can't. That's I can't not bad. That. That, that was... She's not judging on the view. She's oh, just yeah. talking on the view. Well, she's very. From what I've seen, she's, she's judgmental, judgmental of everybody. I don't even. America's is it the view? Talent. Is it the view or the no, talk? No, no. It's the uh, yeah. The view is talk. Which yeah, one was Whoopi right. on? It, that's the view. Okay, yeah. I'm glad I annoying. know all this. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The talk is with like Julia Chen. I hate her. Sarah that chick Gilbert. has like the biggest hair. Mm. Like she looks like she's she's from the '80s, and just never. Washed her hair since then or something. She's married to some real high up at Viacom. Yeah, that's how she got her job and yeah. everything, her mm-hmm. career. Interesting, I think uh, Sarah Gilbert's on one of those. 
Yeah, she's on talk. that one. The talk. Uh, time before last one, we were in LA. We went to this vegan restaurant that my brother like said was amazing, and the food was fantastic. But we're sitting there eating, and Sarah Gilbert walks in. Oh, really? I'm like, oh wow, with her lover. With a lover. Lover. Mr. Lo- or Mrs. Lover. <laughs> but anyway, we're at that time, Daniel, where you have to give us a score. I give it about a 5.1. A 5.1? I told you my average thing. Speaking of scores, I didn't even mention the IMDb gives it an 8.2, and yeah. Rotten Tomatoes gives it a 79, which yeah. are way too low for this masterpiece <laughs> of paranoia and distrust. It was an average movie to me. Maybe if I watch it That's again, fine. It'll, it'll... That's Like you said, we should. You know, if we agreed all the time, there wouldn't, we wouldn't have the need for both of us. We could One of us could take a week off. And... It's way better than the first. Oh, see, there you go. The John Carpenter needle has risen. <laughs> From what you retrospectively give Big 3. Trouble, 5. yeah. Mm. Now it's we're five, so the average is four. We're, it's going there. It's getting there. We got a few more. We'll I see started if we can get John Carpenter to the sevens. Maybe I'll get some good grades. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> get some A pluses. That's perfectly fine, my friend. I love this movie. It's one of my favorite John Carpenter movies. One of my favorite horror movies. Uh, I'd say it's a solid nine point five for me. No. I, I just love. Again, I love this movie. Watched it a hundred times. And the thing is, like, it took me forever to get a copy of this movie because uh, when they originally released it on DVD, like, you know, 10 years ago, whenever it was, I was still living at home when this movie came out uh, on DVD, but it was extremely rare and hard to find because, again, it became, it had a cult status. So when it came on DVD, I actually had to get, I had to buy this movie on eBay for 30, 30 plus bucks on DVD just to get a copy of it. But you were glad for wow. that. Was, oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, in the early days of DVD, uh, you know, it was it was a new medium, and they they uh, of course previously with VHS you couldn't buy VHS. We talked had this discussion before. You can buy VHS the day it came out. DVD changed that. You can get a movie the day it comes yeah. out. Uh, you know, I bought Hollow the original Halloween on DVD like four times because they had, uh, you know, the, the first one at time it came out. You know, for dirt cheap, like just the movie. Then they had the one with the commentary. Then they wanted the deleted scenes. Then they had the limited super collector's edition shit. And that was the last time I bought it because I was wised up and like, okay, I don't need to buy it every damn time for one extra feature, which those companies need to stop doing. But uh, like uh, the limited edition Halloween I have, like uh, it's worth like it used to be worth like eighty bucks. Mm. You know, when I paid nineteen ninety five for it when it came out, but it was a limited edition at that point. There was value to limited editions, but now, uh, you know, we play games. Every game now has like four or five different editions. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, I just buy the normal. Yeah, now and in DVDs too. Uh, I mean, our Blu-rays even. Uh, Avatar has been released like three times on Blu-ray already. Uh, the regular, the director's cut, and then the 3D and Blade Runner. That's a movie that's been released a million times on every damn format. Uh, they just came out with another Blu-ray release after the original special edition and with special case and all that, which I got paid seventy bucks for the whole shebang. It's like my favorite movie ever, and now oh, here's the new edition. Which has nothing new except, like, I think just a couple of new special features. So it's like, whatever. Ran over. And that's the weekly rant. People buy it. They do. They do. But I think people are getting a little smarter. I would hope to where, like, they're not, you know, they stop doing this shit. (coughs) Anyway, any final thoughts on the thing? Uh, (laughs) Not really. Okay, we we watched five movies Monster Squad, The Shining, Ghostbusters, The Fly, and The Thing. Hit the mic. Sorry, hit the mic, guys. Your favorite was The Shining. Correct. Yeah. Second uh, would be. Well, oh no! Oh, no oh, my the favorite Ghostbusters. Was Ghostbusters. That's, my second favorite was The Shining. Your favorite horror movie. The Shining. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, then The Fly. Mm-hmm. Then, uh, in terms of just a general horror, yeah. than this because Monster Squad would be last because it's the last. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I enjoy all these movies. I think Daniel liked 
at least you liked all of them. You didn't dislike and It wasn't a big trouble, so... Mm-hmm. I didn't dislike And a lot any. of these you saw for the first time as well, so... No, the, the, the Shining was badass. The Fly was badass. Like, I'm glad I got to watch mm-hmm. those. I'll watch that's The Shining why, again if it came right that's back. That's why this podcast exists. For you. Mm. And these people out there. Just just give me just scenes with Nicholson on The Shining. I'd watch it. Just any every scene with him in it. Oh, I could have used that line at the party, too. Which so one? When, oh. when I came back, after I passed out and came back, like, <laughs> what do you want to drink? Hair of the dog that bit me. <laughs> Missed opportunity. There's always one of those every week now, too. <laughs> We're getting yeah. into, I'm getting into some bad habits here. Anyway, uh, you know, well, this, you know, uh, this is our in sort of our Halloween episode, so... Yeah. It'll be uh, my favorite. Again, I said it before. I mean, my, my, probably my favorite horror movies are The Thing, Halloween, and probably t- the original Texas Chainsaw, and The Exorcist, and The Shining. You ever watched The Exorcist? Uh oh, too bad it wasn't made in the eighties, seventies, seventies revisited. <laughs> I need to watch it just to watch it. It's uh, it, it, it's similar to The Thing in a way because again, The Thing's about some outside thing taking you over, except The Exorcist. You know, there's the thought process that this little it's taking over a little girl. girl yeah. You know, and is she aware of this happening to her? You know, it's, so it's it's you know it's always in any movie it's harder to see something happening to a child. Oh, yeah. uh, perfect example in John Carpenter's Assault on Precinct 13, it originally got an X rating because the dude shoots a kid, and like the squib goes off on the kid that, and everything. The thing about a history of violence at the beginning. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure it would have got the same thing if they would actually shown something. Yeah, you know, it's fine when you mm. show. A zombie kid, yeah. or you know, as long as they're already dead, yeah, when you right. show it, you know, same so, thing. You know, that was a little girl that just happened to see what was up. So yeah, you know, and in a sense, it's scarier. Like a masterful director or filmmaker can, you know, you don't have to show a kid getting shot. Not that John Carpenter's not good, yeah. but I mean, at the time that was controversial. You know, uh, there's a difference to like you know, a girl looks in the window and then you know, a slow pan or you know, you come back later and you see what happens. Yeah. Uh, uh, alternate example is Con Air, like we mentioned before. You know, he, he's sitting there with the girl, serial killer, blah blah blah. You know, and then it's very that is a menacing scene, and then at the oh hey, bye <laughs> bye bye bye. You're like bye, oh bye. thank God, you know that that's that's <laughs> yeah. a good that's a good little piece of filmmaking. That you know, although Con Air still is awesome in every it's respect. The cheesiest movie ever, but one of the better movies. <laughs> it's one of the be- it's so good it's bad movies. Yeah, uh, so bad it's good. Yeah, yeah. but uh, so what's your favorite horror movie? Of all time, or just some of your favorites? I mean, obviously, The Shining would be on there now, I would assume. And I, I think I said this in maybe I think we touched on three podcasts. Ago. Now that I we're didn't done, watch a lot of horror movies. I yeah. haven't really watched a ton. Probably The Shining. Mm-hmm. I would say Signs is you know it's sort of sci-fi horror well, in well, a way. I would, I would think of Signs is more thriller. In a sense, uh, it, if you had to put it, I would still like. I would probably go with Signs. That's one of my mm-hmm. favorites, just because the the initial watch I had of it. But it scared Man. me, and if I think if a movie scares you, yeah. that's you know it has to be something slash horror. Yeah, um, I mean nowadays horror has to mean half naked teenage co-heads, co-eds <laughs> getting their heads cut off yeah. or you know something now. But I think it's it's a wide genre. I mean thriller. I mean Silence of the Lambs is considered a horror movie by a lot of people. It's a great movie. Yeah, <laughs> and, and it's very horrific. But you know it's also like a thriller. It's also we need another a drama. good one. We need another good one. Like horror yeah. movie that we can put on a good level. Oh yeah, I'm I mean, talking about just to come out with somebody to come out with one. I'm trying to think like off the top of my head real quick. Like the last, I mean, the last one I can honestly say wholeheartedly that was amazing was 28 Days Later. But I, I want to say there's something since then you that was really the good. You said the descent. You like? Oh that? yeah, the, um, there you go. 
I mm. thought the descent was really good. Mm. It was almost like a reverse thing because it's an all female cast. Yeah. And uh, did you ever see like the DVD where they have the alternate ending and all that? Mm-mm. Where they have like in a sense an ambig- a little bit of ambiguity. But actually, no. They give you a sense of ambiguity, then it turns it back on you. I got you. No, so, I've never seen it. I mean, I've seen the descent. I've never yeah. seen it. And, uh, that's probably. I need to watch that. It again, seemed like too. there was something else I saw recently as a horror movie that I was like surprised at how good it was. If I think of it, I'll say it on ten episodes from now mm. or something. <laughs> but what's your favorite horror movie, Jesse? Or what? What are some of your favorites? The Usual Suspect, not the movie, know. but I mean the Usual <clears throat> Suspect. I was trying to movies. think of it while y'all were talking. I couldn't think of many. Like I could think of many I've watched. You know, mm-hmm. like Phantasm way back in the day and stuff. Oh, Phantasm's like that. awesome. <laughs> that was one of my favorites back then. Them Nowadays, balls freaked me out. Like yeah. especially I saw part two when I was really young, and that when it, it in part two it goes in the dude's head and drills in, and the dude's sitting there screaming, and the blood just like yeah, yeah. But it comes out, it comes out like a straw, like a, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like a hose pipe, yeah. <laughs> I also watched the Pet Cemetery a lot back back mm-hmm. in the day. I watched that because uh, uh, AMC Fear Fest. They've been playing the hell out of uh, Pet Cemetery in Part Two. I think I like Phantasm more though. Phantasm's great. That's old school horror movie. The Tall Man, yeah. menacingly. But that pretty much about does it. So we hope you enjoyed the Halloween coverage. Next week it's going to be a non. Well, actually, next week is sort of a horror movie in a sense. Some people consider it, it's considered horror, sci-fi horror, at least in my old video store. Because again, there was a sci-fi horror section. And this movie was actually in there. Two weeks. Two weeks, yeah. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. By the way, guys. Well, <laughs> 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 the podcast is always like, we're recording. <laughs> anyway, uh, we'll be taking, we normally, we try to get them out weekly. Uh, but we'll be taking a little bit of a break here. Just about, uh, usually instead of seven days, it'll be about a week, week and a half this time. Uh, at least a week and a half. Uh, we're working on f- finishing, uh, essentially, films production of The Pursuit of Red X uh, mm-hmm. for a film festival. So we're going to try to uh, devote some time to that and get that taken out so hopefully this one will hold you over till uh probably it'll be, probably be sometime after november 10th when this one or the next yeah. one will be out and it will be our 25th episode our landmark 25th episode no, no, no. let's not let's not say that say hey, we're, we're trying to get geared up for it you know we oh, gotta oh. we gotta bring okay the pain. cut that out jesse <laughs> <laughs> this 25th episode is going to be is so intensive and so amazing we, that we, we need time to prepare week. yes can't you can normally sit us in a room and we could do a pod in a podcast on any movie we've seen but no we have to prepare for this 25th mm-hmm. iconic episode in which we will be doing the Arnold Schwarzenegger classic, Predator. One of my favorite movies of all time and worthy of preparing. Yeah. For. In the meantime, everybody, you can always hit us up on Facebook, uh, Awesome Podcast Network. That's right. I mean, it's not networks. There's huh? A- what? <laughs> it's been a while. I'm still recovering from that party Saturday yeah. night. My brain's still jumping around. I'm missing a neuron. <laughs> Or two. You're talking about Facebook? <laughs> yeah. Awesome Podcast, Podcast Network. Network, yeah. Well, there's something that's not... On the Twitter, it's yeah. at Awesome Podcast. Yeah, that's, that's what I was thinking of, the different one. <laughs> so on Facebook, Awesome Podcast Network. On Twitter, Awesome Podcasts, plural. <laughs> so there we go. Confusion resolved. And then also you can always send us an email uh, at adsrevisited at gmail.com. Uh, and I do want to give a quick shout out to one of our fans who actually sent us uh, an email talking about it. Uh, his name's Christopher Tupa. I hope I pronounced your last name right. Uh, but uh, he actually does a lot of art uh, on his own site, which is uh, ctupa, T-U-P-A dot com. Uh, and he sent us a link just saying he loved the show, uh, and he does a lot of 80s-inspired art, and he had some Gremlin stuff. He had some G.I. Joe and some He-Man and some Star Wars. Nice. Uh, I think a never-ending story piece, too. Uh, but I'm actually going to post some after this comes up to, uh, on the Facebook page to showcase some of that because it's really cool. 
One of them was actually, I thought it was pretty funny. I think it was Star Wars characters, but it was like his version of like the back of a, of a figure. Like, the, you know, where it has like collect all the figures. It was really cool. So, Chris, we appreciate you listening. Uh, shout out to you, my friend. Uh, keep the artwork coming. Thank you, Maybe if you know if you're looking for inspiration, you should do a uh, one of Jack Burton from Big Trouble in Little China, roundhouse kicking inadequately somehow Daniel or something. <laughs> I don't know. His birthday's May 27th. So I'll commission that piece right now for his birthday. There you go. <laughs> but uh, we do appreciate everybody listening. If you have any questions or feedback, uh, hit us up. And again, uh, we'll be back in a week and a half, two weeks somewhere around there with Predator Schwarzenegger. Listen to it. Can't wait. Oh, oh, hold on, wait. Hold on, hold on, wait. I got uh, This won't be something I'm going to say ne- uh, when we do that one that I should have said this week. So again, we'll be back in two weeks, everybody. We'll be back with Arnold and Predator. Until next time, I'm Trey Harris. I'm Daniel San Angelo. Jesse Sedgley. Cowabunga! Oh, <laughs> do not tag me in this shit. My fucking clients watch my Facebook. show and more at the awesome podcast network's facebook at facebook.com slash awesome podcast network and follow us on twitter at awesome podcasts